this morning, I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God. I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God, understanding that what Jesus said in John 10, 10 is true when he said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you have, might have life and that you might have it in abundance, or I have come that you might have life and have it to its full. Now, I know that we hear that scripture and, and our initial response is, thank you, God. And yet, we have these situations in life, we have, we have these moments where we have a certain expectation of the way life is supposed to go, the, the way the scenario is supposed to play out, and it doesn't always work that way. Friday was Valentine's Day. Jody and I made a reservation. Actually, we made a, 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 a reservation weeks early at a restaurant. And we made a 6 p.m. reservation. We made a 6 p.m. reservation because we thought we're going to get out before all of the crowd. And also, there was a concert that was happening here Friday evening at the church, and we wanted to be here for the, for the start of that concert. Showed up at the restaurant knowing that we had a 6 p.m. reservation. And we walked in a few minutes before 6, and we checked in. They said, it's great to have you here. We've just started to see the 545 reservations. Expectation, you walk into the restaurant, you've made a reservation, they're going to have a table. Reality, you can go stand over there. How do you handle it when your expectation doesn't line up with your reality? What, what's your... What's your thought process? What's your emotion when, when expectation and reality collide? We, we went to dinner. We came to the concert. We left the concert. We were headed home. Easy commute uh, because it's Friday evening. We got to where we turned to get onto I-4. They had closed the Fairbanks on-ramp early. Expectation, easy drive, reality, orange cones, flashing lights, and we've got to take a long detour around. Expectation, reality. In the moment when expectation and reality collide, it's real easy for frustration to happen. My good friend Scott is watching via live stream today because Scott went to the doctor and they said, we think you should check into the hospital, but it's going to be a simple procedure, an in and out, same day surgery, expectation, in and out, no issue. Reality, complication after complication after complication. There are some of you that are sitting in God's house today. And you stood in a church, you stood at an altar and you looked into somebody's eyes and you said, I do. And when they said, I do, you believed that the two of you were going to grow old together, but now they're growing old with somebody else. See, we have this certain expectation. And then reality sets in. What do we do when expectation and reality collide? I was convinced that this was a business that God had called me to be in. I, I was convinced that it was an open door that he wanted me to walk through. In fact, my plan was this. I believe that God was positioning me to be successful in business to where I could resource ministry. And now you find that you're dealing with more bills than you're dealing with income. You've had to, you've had to lay off employees. Your expectation was one thing. Your, your reality is something different. Listen, it happens relationally. It, it happens 
personally. It, it happens spiritually. There are going to be seasons where our expectations and our realities clash. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, in those moments, it's real easy for frustration to set in. And what fr frustration will do is it will steal our confidence and it will steal our hope. And it, and, and it can do this. It can even begin to tap into our faith and even erode our faith. God, you promised, and yet, God, your word said, but what do we do in those moments? God's brought you here today. God's had you tune in this morning because he wants you to know that every promise that he's given, every statement that he's declared, that it is true. And when God's word says things like this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to, to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. When God's word says promises like this, and my God shall supply all your need. When God's word says this, when we walk with God, the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Listen, every promise that God has spoken is a promise that he gives. And even in those moments when you don't see it, God is working. In fact, I want us to look at a particular story in Scripture. It's a story, you'll find it in Genesis chapter 40. I want you to take your Bibles and turn there. And I want you to know that as you turn to Genesis chapter 40, what we're doing, we're stepping into the middle of a story. And it's a story of a young man named Joseph. Joseph comes from a, a large family. He has a ton of older siblings, a ton of older brothers. How many of you, I'm just curious, how many of you here uh, come from a large family? I'm 12 of 13. So I can relate to Joseph's situation. I can, I can identify with his scenario. And, and Joseph is a, a young man. It's, it's obvious that God has a special calling on his life. Even his father recognizes it. In fact, his father makes Joseph this, this rather ornate coat. It's a, it's a special coat. It's a coat of many colors. And, and Joseph, man, he, he appreciates that coat. He, he wears it around all the time. Joseph has a dream, not just one dream. He has multiple dreams that, that point out to him very clearly that he's called to greatness. Joseph shares this dream. He shares this dream with his father. He shares this dream with his brothers and it, it doesn't go so well. As a result, his brothers become jealous. They seize an opportune moment when, when Joseph is sent by his father to check on his brothers as they're watching over the family herd, they initially, some of the brothers say, let's kill him. And then the voice of reason says, no, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into this pit. And they sell it, they throw him into a pit. And as it so happens, a group of Ishmaelite or Egyptian traders is passing by and they sell their brother into slavery. Now, so for those of you that have grown up in a large family and you've experienced some of the torture from older siblings, I can relate. I can relate. 
My, my brothers, when I was younger, my brothers would take, they would take a glass of lemonade and they would take and they would put alum in that lemonade. If you don't know what alum is for, alum is what you use to pickle things. So I would be outside, this is when we'd, we'd moved from Illinois to Fort Myers and living, living in Florida in the summer heat, be outside and be all sweaty and they would go, hey, do you want some lemonade? Right? Expectation. Man, my brothers are demonstrate, actually, actually demonstrating love for me. Reality, they want my cheeks to meet in the middle. When I was six years old, true story, my brothers shot me with a 22 pistol. I came into the house and they looked at me and they said, we don't like you, we hate you, we're going to kill you. Boom, they shot me. And here's what they did. They took, the, they took the, the head off of a 22 caliber bullet and they poured hot wax in there instead. They thought it would be funny. Let me tell you something, it still has the same amount of gunpowder in it right? That hot wax hit me in my arm. My arm starts bleeding profusely. It hit me. You hit a six-year-old kid with a, with a, with a 22 caliber bullet of, of wax. It, it knocked me down. I, I, at first, I thought I was dead. And then when I looked up and I realized just my arm was bleeding, you know the next thing I said? Anybody want to guess? I'm going to tell mom. <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like to tell to tell 11 brothers, listen, just where you know, you're going to reach a point where you're going to bow down to me and you're going to serve me. Yeah, we don't think so, Joseph. It was no doubt that God had a touch on Joseph's life. It was no doubt that God had a calling on Joseph's life. But Joseph wasn't ready. And so he, he, he found himself sold into, into slavery. But at least, at least he was bought by a good man, this Egyptian nobleman named Potiphar. And so he goes and he's serving in the house of Potiphar. And, and he, he, it's, 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 it's challenging work, but at least he's inside. And Potiphar immediately recognize there's something special about this young man. There's something almost providential about him. And so Joseph is quickly put in charge of Potiphar's entire household. Unfortunately, Joseph being this exceptional young man, profound in character, sharp in understanding, and an attractive young man, he catches the attention of Potiphar's wife who was a low moral psycho woman. When Potiphar is gone, she attempts to seduce him and he refuses. She says, listen, nobody will know. He refuses. She chases after him and, he, and, 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 and she, she tries to grab him and he gets away, but she's able to hold on to his coat. And when her husband comes home, she lies and she says, that Joseph tried to attack her. And Potiphar, enraged, has Joseph, has Joseph thrown into prison. So here's this, here's this young man. He's lived an honorable life. He's, he's walked with character. He's had this dream, multiple dreams of greatness. 
And yet he, he finds himself not just sold into slavery, but now he finds himself in prison. And when we step into Genesis 40, he's been in prison for some time. And it's in this moment, as we see him respond, that God gives us a wonderful diagram, a blueprint of how to operate when expectations and reality collide. It's fascinating to me that it's found in Genesis chapter 40. And, and while I understand that, that, that the chapter headings were added later in the Bible, I still believe it's significant. I do believe it's providential that it landed in Genesis chapter 40 because 40, the number 40 is significant in Scripture. You see, for 40 days, a giant stepped into the valley of Elah. But on the 41st day, a shepherd boy stepped onto the scene with three smooth stones. For 40 days and 40 nights, Noah heard the rain falling, hitting the outside of the ark. But on the 41st day, he opened the door to see a rainbow. For 40 years, the children of Israel wandered through the wilderness. But in year 41, they stepped into the promised land. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. For 40, it... It's a, it recognizes, it represents in Scripture over and over again a time of testing, a time of preparation. And friend, you're here this morning, you're, you're watching today, and, and, and you're in that moment where, where your reality is very different than your expectations. And God has connected us this morning because he wants to speak specifically into where you're at and let you know that he hasn't forgotten about you that he has you right where you are for this moment because he's preparing you for something significant that's just beyond the horizon. Because for every 40, there is a 41. For every 40, there is a 41. For every 40, there is a 41. But what, we, what do we do in that moment when the business isn't taking off the way that we think it should? When our ministry hasn't reached the height that we think it should? That a relationship hasn't come forth the way that we think it should? That life isn't happening the way that we think it should. What do we do? Well, we look at the story of Joseph, and it's a great, it's a great illustration for us. And here's what we find. We find this, that just as God moved in the life of Joseph, he will move in the life of you. But in that moment, recognize, number one, recognize when you find yourself in a place where expectation and reality collide, recognize it as God's course of preparation, of God's course of preparation. So what was God doing in the life of, of Joseph? See, Joseph knew that God had called him for greatness. But jo Joseph also, quite honestly, Joseph had a problem. Because it is one thing to have that fancy coat. It's another thing to wear it around. And listen, Joseph wore that coat when he went out to see his brothers. Even, even when he was sent to take a word of encouragement when his brothers were working out in the field. Joseph should have known how it would impact his brothers. But Joseph was going to wear that coat. You know why? Because Joseph had some identity issues. Joseph had a little bit of an ego problem. 
And God knew ultimately what he had called Joseph to. And he understood that there was some sanding that needed to take place in his life. But for every season of sanding, there's a season of success. But we've got to recognize even the challenges, even the difficulties. Here's what God's Word says. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. And God's got us in this place of preparation. He's got us in this place of discipline to where it can refine our character, to where it can develop our resolve, to where it can deepen our faith and enhance our understanding. And notice what happens. It says this. In Genesis chapter 40, verses 4 through 5, it says this. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph. Who did he assign to Joseph? The king, Pharaoh, has sent his cupbearer and his baker to jail. Now, here's what we can, here's what we can surmise. If Pharaoh has sent the cupbearer and the baker to jail, Pharaoh ate something and it didn't go well. Right? Pharaoh ate something and it upset his stomach and he's like, look, baker, either you messed up or cupbearer, you messed up. I don't know who messed up, but until I find out who, you both are going to jail. And so they find themselves in prison. And in that moment, it tells us this in Genesis chapter 40, verses 4 through 5. It says that after they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night. And each dream had a meaning of its own. So what God does is this, is God puts the cupbearer and the baker into prison because he knows that that's going to be important to the destiny that he has for Joseph. Even after they come and they're put into prison, God gives some time as Joseph is attending to them and serving them, isn't it fascinating that even when Joseph is in prison, he's still put in the position of a slave and a servant. And as he's serving them, and as he's, as he's attending to them, he develops a relationship and a rapport with them. And then in due time, they each have this dream. See, one of the ways God gets his people ready for their future is for them to go through this season of preparation, this season of testing, this, even the season of frustration. A lot of times frustration can be misunderstood as condemnation or, or, or judgment. This is happening because God hates me. This is happening because God's forgotten about me. This is happening because I've ticked God off too many times. You know what I've discovered? At least I can tell you this in my life, that frustration has its own voice. Frustration has its, its own voice. This is happening because God doesn't love you. This is happening because God isn't big enough. Or this is happening because you've disqualified yourself and you deserve everything that's happening to you. All of a sudden, our, our encouragement is stolen. Our, our confidence and our hope is stolen. But it's important that we, that we see the moment and we, and we read it the way that God sees it. You see, our, our first reaction when our expectations and our reality collide is to say that, God, what is going on? But here's what happens. In that moment, in that moment, it's easy for God to finally have our attention. 
And friend, I want you to know it's, it's not judgment. It's not condemnation. You're not in that spot because of lack of faith. You're in that spot because of preparation. Because of some connections that need to happen. See, our, 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 our first reaction is to say, what's going on? But, but God says, I know, I know what I have in store for you. It's one thing to know the will of God for your life. It's another thing to actually pull it off. It's one thing to know that God has destined you for greatness. It's another thing to be ready to actually do it. So God has a way of, of dropping us into our own chapter 40 experience to knock the rough edges off of our life. The stuff we don't need to carry with us into the future. And the very fact that, that our expectations and our realities are colliding, it, it's proof that God's not done with us yet. That he's still doing a work in us. That we're, that we're still moving towards something ahead. And Joseph might not recognize it in the moment, but he places him in prison. And he has him serving the cupbearer and the baker because he's preparing him for something great. In time, the cupbearer and the baker have a dream. And, and they talk to Joseph about it. And it says this in verse 6. It says, when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were, were dejected. So he asked Pharaoh's officials who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? See, when you find yourself in, 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 the, in the season when your expectation and your reality don't meet up, recognize that you're in God's course of preparation and, and just respond to the serving opportunities that are around you. Be faithful where you are. And Joseph could have been busy having his own pity party. But he stayed true to his character and he stayed true to his calling. Listen, serving a couple guys and been thrown in prison might not be the greatness that he expected, but it's where God had him in the moment. Don't despise where God has you in the moment. Let me say this again. Don't despise where God has you in the moment. I want to say it one more time. Don't despise where God has you in the moment. Because you see, he who is faithful, she who is faithful, little will be given charge over much. He who is faithful, she who is not faithful in the little things, even that will be taken away from them. God rewards faithfulness just as he demonstrates faithfulness. So trust him. So in that moment when your expectation is here and your reality is way over here. And you're far from where you thought you would be. And reality is hammering then on your expectation. Recognize it as God's course of preparation and just respond to the serving opportunities in the moment because God is a rewarder. See, in, that, in, the, in, the, in this moment of frustration, it's very important that we get the focus off of ourselves because that, that's where we get stuck. We get stuck when we start 
focusing on ourselves and looking inward. Instead, what we need to do is we need to look outward and we need to look upward. One of the quickest ways to lose perspective is to have an unbalanced approach that focuses entirely on our own needs. In fact, I'll tell you this. Show me a church that's focused on its own needs, I'll show you a church that's shrinking. Show me a church that's willing to invest in its city. Show me a church that's willing to invest from neighbors and nations, and I'll show you a church that God's blessing. It's a fundamental principle. And while that's true on a corporate level, it's also true on an individual level. And that what the enemy would love to do to Joseph in this moment, he'd love to get Joseph focused on himself. So in those seasons, when we're not where we think we should be, let our heart be turned towards service, knowing that God is faithful and knowing that God will reward. And, and in that, listen, when you're in that place, be careful that you don't get pulled towards compromise. It's, it's fascinating to me that, that Joseph, the, the cupbearer and the baker, they have these dreams. God gives Joseph divine revelation to understand the dreams. And they're dejected, they're confused because they've had these dreams and they don't know what they mean. And it'd been really easy for Joseph to say, hey, by the way, I have this divine ability. I can interpret your dream, but I'll interpret the dream only if you guarantee me that you'll get me out of here. In fact, if you can make arrangements to get me out of here, then I'll tell you what your dreams mean. It would have been real easy for Joseph to take the divine enablement that God has given him and to try to use it for his own good, for his own gain. And, and when we find ourselves in that place where expectation and reality are different, where expectation and reality are colliding, what the enemy would love to do is the enemy would love to get us to the point that we will compromise. Anytime our expectation and realities collide, there will be opportunities for compromise, to rationalize, to do something contrary to our convictions and our integrity. I wouldn't normally do this. I wouldn't normally cut corners at work. I wouldn't normally be less than honest with my customers, but, but times are tough. In my life, weren't such a mess, I, I wouldn't be engaging in this, what I know is unhealthy behavior. Once again, frustration, it has its own voice, right? I've waited on God and God doesn't seem to be showing up, so I think I'm going to have to make something happen now. Some of you are here and, and man, you're, you're in that season relationally and you've been tempted to compromise. And, and listen to me, woman of God. That's how women of God end up dating and marrying the Antichrist, right? You're praying for God to bring relationship into your life. You're praying that God would bring somebody of godly character and, 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 and Joe Cool comes along and you're like, you know, I know he shot at me, but he only knows how to express love with a gun. Just run away, right? Refuse to compromise. Let me tell you something, in relationship, your relationship should never compromise these five things. It should never compromise your friendships. If you've got a relationship that they don't want you to be around your friends, something's wrong. It shouldn't compromise your finances. If you're having to pay for everything, run away. It shouldn't compromise your family. If they want to isolate you from your family, something's wrong. 
It shouldn't compromise your future. If you have to give up on your dream, you're hanging around with the wrong girl. You're hanging around with the wrong guy. And it better not compromise your fellowship with God. But we compromise, right? Because we have expectation. And it doesn't seem to be going in reality. Boom, right? Listen, we have to refuse to compromise. What compromise will do is this. Compromise will always prolong the process. And compromise will always rob us of the blessings in the promise and in the process. Because here's what God will not do. While you might try to shortcut your preparation, God will never allow it to be shortcut. Because God will not engage in that which is less than the best for you. I also want you to know this. There will be disappointments along the journey. There'll be disappointments along the journey. Look, look, look at what it tells us uh, in, in verse number 23 of Genesis chapter 40. Joseph tells the cupbearer and the baker the, the, the dream. He says, hey, they say, he says, listen, when you get out, remember me. Well, he wants the cupbearer to remember him because the, for the baker, it's not going to go so well. Right? The cupbearer is going to be restored to his position. The baker, the Pharaoh has figured out that it was the baker that made him sick and the baker's done. And so, even, even, in that, even in that season of, of, of preparation, there, 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 there are going to be setbacks even in that. What's fascinating to me about Joseph's story is when we see him interact with the cupbearer and the baker, Joseph appears to be ready, right? Because what was the big problem with Joseph? Joseph did have a little bit of an ego. But when the cupbearer and the baker came to him, Joseph didn't say, hey, I have this divine enablement. Here's what he said. He said, God will tell you the answer to your dreams. So Joseph's ready. Joseph's ready, and yet he spends two more years in prison. Do you know why? Because even though Joseph is ready, Pharaoh isn't. And sometimes God's got you in this prolonged season of preparation, even though you're ready, because what he's calling you to isn't. Can I offer this to you? That's when it's the toughest. When you know you're ready to go, when you know that you're there and God's saying, not yet, not yet, not yet. You see, had Joseph gotten out of prison, had the cupbearer gone to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, there's a young man of integrity that's in prison. He needs to be released. Joseph would have been released two years earlier, would have likely gone back to his family and would have died with his family because of the, the coming famine. And yet God was concerned not just about Joseph, not just about his family, but God was concerned about nations at that point. But what we've got to do is this. We've got to readily embrace our destiny moment. Realize when it shifts from 40 to 41. Genesis 41. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he, when he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh and Pharaoh said to him, I had a dream and no one can interpret it. But I've heard it is said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Look at, look at Joseph's response. I cannot do it. It's not my ability. 
But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. And it's because of this profound character, this obvious ability combined with wonderful humility that Pharaoh says, this is the type of person that I need to stand by my side as I lead what at that time was the most powerful kingdom on the planet. See, let me, let me tell you what, what can so easily happen to us in, 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 our, in, our, in our, our own chapter 40 experience. It's easy to make the mistake of thinking that everything we think and everything that we feel is true. This is the way that we become bitter and jaded because we go through frustration and, and we begin believing everything we feel and everything that silly people say instead of trusting in God. And even though Joseph couldn't see it when he was in the pit, even though Joseph couldn't see it when he was in the house of Potiphar, even though Joseph couldn't see it when he was in the prison, God was doing a work in Joseph and he was also doing a work in the external circumstances. Here's what I know. Here's what I see in the story of, 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 of Joseph, that just because I can't see God at work doesn't mean that he isn't. Because just like with Joseph, friends, someday there's gonna kind of come a knock on the door. Maybe you feel like you're in the spot that Joseph is in. Maybe you feel like today that you're in your own version of a prison. Well, if that's the case, there will come a knock on the prison door. The only way you're gonna be ready to step into that moment is if you embrace the season of preparation that he has you in now. Because for every 40, there's a 41. For every giant, there is a David. For every flood, there is a rainbow. For every wilderness, there's a promised land. For every desert, there's a victory. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. Even Jesus was tempted. 40 days in the wilderness. But on day 41, he steps into his public ministry and power. Paul, Paul goes through his own 40 experience. Moses is on the mountain 40 days before he receives the 10 commandments. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. For every season of frustration, there's a season of victory. For every season of difficulty, there's a moment of deliverance. For every 40, there's a 41. And God has brought you here this morning and he understands your frustration and he appreciates your pain. He knows the questions have been rolling in your mind. He knows the doubt that the enemy's tried to bring in. And he's brought you here this morning to tell you that he's got you. Listen. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to tell you. What we often do in this moment, in this, in, when we're in our own Genesis 40 moment, what we do is we pray, God, get me out of here. 
But I want to challenge you to pray differently this morning. Because I, can, I will tell you this in my own life. God, I stand before these people. I stand before you and I say this. God, in the preparation that you need to do in me for what you've called me to do, God, I pray that that process would never be shortcutted. Because God, I want to be all that you've called me to be. And God, I pray this not just for myself. I pray that for every person here. I pray that for every person that's watching. I understand that it's a difficult season. I understand that it's frustrating. I understand that it's painful. I understand that it causes doubt to come in. But for every 40, there's a 41. And so here's, here's the challenge. Here's what I want to speak over you today. Here's what I want you to pray. God, I pray that you don't take me out of this season of frustration. If it's God ordained, God, don't take me out of it. But God, give me the courage to stay with you in my head and in my heart until you decide it's time for me to come out. God, give me the courage to stay with you both in my head with all the questions and in my heart and all the emotion until you're ready to bring me out. God, give me the courage to stay with you in my head and in my heart until you bring me out. Because for every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. For every 40, there's a 41. He's faithful to you. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 1030 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.